Are we on yet? Yeah, we're on. Mm. I'm uh, I'm here with Phil Graves. Hello. <laughs> Phil, why don't you tell us a, a bit about yourself and your your profession? Um, I do Ironman triathlon and also a little bit of uh, time trialing and stuff like that on the side, just as sort of training and kind of like my, my little hobby that I... One of my hobbies that I have. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I laugh because we're surrounded by Phil's very impressive Lego collection, which is... So that's a hobby for you. Yeah, that's another... It just allows you just to... When you're building like a little model and you just follow the instructions, you can just forget about the whole like outside world and all the horrors of like Brexit and all the <laughs> all the other absolute rubbish that's going on, and you can just just put putting little plastic bricks together is just great therapy. Mm. But not you don't you don't get enough therapy when you're you're flogging yourself to death in one of your three three sports. No, that's that's the opposite of therapy because when you're out on the bike for like five hours, all you can you just spend all the time just thinking about, you know, the horrors of the world <laughs> and every single little problem that you have. So, like, at the start of a five-hour ride, a, t- a, a little problem might seem tiny, and then when you thought about it for five hours, it becomes, like, the biggest thing in the world. And then I have to come home and put little plastic bricks together to make me forget about it. <laughs> so, actually, Lego is quite... It's, it's pretty useful to the your longevity in sport. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but how did you how did you get into... Triathlon's obviously three sports, but you must. Did you start off in one? How did you? How did you find triathlon? I kind of started off in two. I swam with the local swimming club from mm. like a very very early age, since I was about seven eight years old, and then also ran at the local athletics club, City of York, and went and do loads of like fun run cross countries when I was like an under eleven. Um, so those two merged into becoming. I used to do biathlon, which used to be like a swim in the morning mm. and a run in the afternoon on a points basis. So I raced that quite a lot. And then the next, obviously, progression was triathlon when I was about 12, 13. Mm. I don't know a lot about triathlon history, but I know it's not a, especially, it's not a very old sport. But when you, took, when, you, when you took it up, was it still... It wasn't like a very niche, unknown... Oh, well, it's not like it is now. It was very, yeah, it wasn't very popular at all. Like it's changed a hell of a lot since I have been in it. So I think at my first races were, I think probably very early two thousands, like two thousand two, two thousand three. Mm. So just after it had been in the first, because it was in the Olympics for the first time in Sydney. Mm. So it was just after it made its Olympic debut. And it really was in its infancy, like the number of Ironman races, there were probably only a handful in the world. Mm. And yeah, not not many people knew about the sport. It's it's like completely changed in the last sort of 15 years or so since, since I've been doing it. Mm. And how did you, did you, so you didn't take up cycling until you, like, as in, you, you took up triathlon and the cycling when you decided you were going to take a triathlon, that's when you got into cycling. Yeah, yeah. Um, I used to go out, I started going out on the mountain bike, just around the little lanes, and my uncle was an armchair cyclist, so mm. he didn't. He does, doesn't do any cycling at all or anything, but he used to watch it religiously when I was like a child growing up, so I'd go to um, his house and then 
he'd 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 be out at work and I'd uh, I'd tape it. I'd um I'd watch I'd I'd go he was the only one who had Sky, mm. so I'd go and watch the WWE wrestling and turn it over so he'd miss the end of the cycling. <laughs> so when he got back it'd be like ten K to go and really exciting and then it would turn over to the WWE <laughs> and he'd completely miss it. Um, yeah, so I, I guess that also got me into cycling as well. Um mm. did you which which sport do you think you had most natural talent in? Or is it? That's quite hard. I'd say. I'd say I was like averagely talented at running and mm. swimming. Like I got to inter counties a few like once or twice, which is like the biggest run race you can really get to. Mm. But even at English at English schools cross country, I never really did particularly well, and I never got any track times. Mm. Swimming, I managed to get a couple of national times at four hundred and fifteen hundred meters, and I was. When I was about 12, I was second in the Scottish Nationals at 400 metres freestyle. So that was like quite a big result at the mm. time. Um, and then cycling, I, never, I, I just started cycling. Obviously, I had a massive engine from, from swimming. Um, but it wasn't really until... I was always a strong cyclist and I, I got picked to be like a domestique for some triathlon races as a teenager. Mm. But it wasn't really until I started doing Ironman that I started doing time trialing. I mean, I did some. I, I mean, I guess looking back on it, I did. I did do loads of road racing. Thinking about it, um, when I was a junior. Yeah. Um, and I got some really good junior results. Mm. Um, wasn't yeah. it your your first first road race, or I just hear about you riding off the the front of a junior national. Um, well, it was the second year I'd done that in a row. The first year I turned up and kind of didn't really know what to expect and got my head kicked in a bit. <laughs> and then the second year I went, it was the Sid Standard Road Race. Um, Garrett Thomas had run it a few years before. It was part of the it was a national series mm. one. And I was 18, actually, and literally I, I had a perfect run into it because I'd been on a training camp in Portugal <laughs> with, with British triathlon for like 10 days. Mm. Uh, so I got some really good training in there, and then I came straight home, and literally my dad picked me up at the airport late, and then we drove through the night to Northumberland, and we mm. did the Easter four day, uh, which was like 100k day. That was actually one of Marcin Bieler Blocky's first races in the UK, because I remember him winning. Um, and I, I was eighth overall on GC, mm. and... My 18th birthday was this on stage two, mm-hmm. so that was a quite a way to spend my 18th birthday. And then I had a couple of a couple of weeks training, and then I turned up at that standard road race, and I was absolutely flying obviously off the back yeah. of that. Um, yeah, and our year was so strong. We had like Adam Blythe, uh, Pete Kenner, Andy Fenn, um, just loads of really really decent guys who are riding at top level now, um, and yeah. I, I got in the brake all day and just as the brake was getting caught I chipped off the front and sole of the last 10 miles and it was like the hardest thing I've ever ever done I can <laughs> still remember it's the hardest I've ever been yeah and I managed to win and Adam Blythe was second so that was definitely that's definitely out of all my races that I've ever done I think that's definitely the the one that I like hold dearest yeah the, maybe the one you're most proud of but it's not necessarily one 
your biggest result on paper. Yeah, but it's the big, it's kind of the biggest result for me because yeah. nobody ever expected it, and and just when you, I think when you push yourself that hard in the race, no matter where you finish, you're just pleased that you could. Yeah. Like you're, you're just proud of yourself. You yeah, know? yeah, and yeah, my dad was like stood like because obviously it was like 14 laps of a circuit or something, and it's like a long, long way, like 120k. But my dad was like stood on the little climb on the last lap when I was out by myself, like going, "What are you doing, son? What are you doing?" <laughs> and I'm like, "I'm trying to win." <laughs> uh, yeah, so thankfully it paid off. Any other day, it maybe wouldn't have paid off, but yeah, it was. You think you'd be a bit more supportive? You're coming up <laughs> solo in the last 10, 10 mile. Yeah, I think he's he like what well, was I, eighteen at the time? So obviously in the last twelve years, he's he's learned a lot as well, and I think mm. he's come to trust my tactical ability now mm. a bit better well sometimes obviously I'm on wheels this year I completely <laughs> stuffed it up but I tend to be a lot better tactically cycling than what I am in a triathlon mm. but you had serious success as just at a young age in all three sports by the sound of things yeah yeah all individually um obviously when you're younger um the, uh, the the triathlon races are all drafting, mm. so I, I really wasn't such a great run. But after about five years of riding, I'd completely lost all the speed in my legs, mm. so I wasn't that great a runner anymore. So that kind of inhibited me until I could move up to the longer non-drafting stuff, where I could show some of the bike ability that had, mm. that had started to form. But when you were leaving school, were you pretty sure you wanted to be a fresh athlete? Um, I guess it's just one of those things where you just sort of go to university mm. and you just sort of see like how it's going to go like I went to Swansea University to study history mm. but I only lasted there three months because it was so far away from home and I wasn't really enjoying it and yeah everything was just going a bit to pot so I came home back to York struggled for like a year uh, that first year really struggled. I did the um, books triathlon, books mm-hmm. Olympic distance triathlon, and hadn't run for probably about six months. Um, and I did like three thirty-minute runs the week before. And there's a guy from Loughborough. I managed to take like eight minutes out of everybody on the bike, and then <laughs> he, and then he took about seven and a half minutes out of me on the run. But you held it off. I uh, held off and and won the boot box, and I was like, oh well, maybe I'm not as bad as uh, this is what I thought I was. And then I really, it's like, well, I'll give it one last try through that winter when I was just starting my second year of university, mm. um, and I bought a time trial bike, and just really put my head down and committed and did loads of training um loads of like cross-country running and stuff like that and then in 2000 and that was going into 2009 and that's when i started to do quite well at the long distance stuff that's mm. when i did my that, first long you say that's your breakthrough year yeah definitely yeah 2009 right. um yeah that's when i won 70.3 uk and then i'm on uk and then mm. went to hawaii and yeah, no, I've just been doing that since then, really. Mm. But and did you break your leg, or did you have some time off? Because I remember you saying uh, a few year, a few years later, I uh, ruptured the AC joint in my shoulder in a mm. bike crash. Just when I was just going around town, some bubble wrap flew into my front wheel on a notoriously windy day. Um, 
but that wasn't until a couple oh, of okay. years later. And I, it was quite quick to recover from that. Hmm. Um, did you? How did your training change over the? You know, when you started out triathlons, to when you really kind of dialed in what what made you, what got you fit for the longer stuff. How did that? What got me fit really was just like tons and tons of junk mm. mileage. Um, I guess because I had a bit of speed from being just young, mm. but I didn't have that endurance, so I just was just banging in 30-hour weeks, just like nobody's business, um, and we, just off off the thing, we had a talk where like you, when you're young, you, the cold really doesn't affect you or anything, so it was just fine, just training all winter, and then, yes, that was 2009, and then I just got the opportunity to travel a lot. So I just went here, there, everywhere, trained in loads of different little training groups and with people and just sort of, kind of saw the world and yeah, raced absolutely everywhere, um, loads in America, um, Australia, New Zealand, Asia, yeah, all over really. And then it was in 2012 I moved to Leeds for a little bit mm-hmm. and um and lived, lived with Alistair just before London 2012, a mm. uh, really strong training group there. And I was swimming and cycling, absolutely awesome. But I was doing loads of running on the Chevin, which was really, really soft. So mm. I was running running and thinner more than ever. But when it came to, I did two Ironman races, Ironman Lanzarote and Ironman Austria. And like I was absolutely flying, swimming bike. But when it got to the run, because I'd been running on the soft surface and my legs were just weren't conditioned for like running on tarmac, like really, really hard surface. So mm. literally, when I'd get, I'd get to like halfway through the run, and again, it's probably just I was still only really early twenties, um, just not my legs were just not conditioned, and I just broke down. And I'd, I got to the stage like halfway through the run, I just couldn't run anymore. My legs were just shot to pieces. So much like muscular damage in them so I just had to pack and then I thought oh, it's not really working out because I've not been finishing these races so then I kind of moved back to York for a bit and then eventually found myself back in leagues trying to be a domestique for Rio 2016. Mm. Um, also have a, there's a word in the street that you could have signed for HTC High Road or there was a oh, rumour that was pro cycling contract. That was 2009. I had a meeting in Hawaii with Adrian Montgomery, the Scott guy. They were looking for a, a triathlete or something to do, like a bit of dual stuff. Mm. Uh, just a sort of marketing thing, I think. But yeah, nothing really, nothing became of that, to mm. be honest. I think that was just a wild pie in the sky idea that somebody floated for like five minutes and like actually that's a stupid idea <laughs> but um yeah you said you go back a a little while you said your what got you fit was a load of junk and just from what i see of your training it does just seem to be not not very structured just sort of go hard and do lots of it well, I either I I do polarize. I either go nice and easy or just mm. race, because I just really really love racing. Um, so I kind of see them as free sessions. Mm. So through summer and stuff, I'll just do loads and loads of time trials and stuff like that, and, and sort of get really really fit that way. Obviously now I've, I, we sat here. I've just been to Harrogate to collect loads of Zwift stuff. So I'm looking forward to doing some Zwift racing. Cause mm. I had my first experience of that last Tuesday. Um, and when I was 
when I was absolutely flying on the bike a few years ago, I did loads of crit racing mm. down at York Sport. I think you you even yeah. had some of them to experience the absolute onslaught of that. I got on. <laughs> he, he was he was going pretty well to be fair, um, um, for a triathlete at least. But uh, yeah, so that got me really really fit just doing those massive like above like VO two max efforts for like a minute, and then so I'm gonna try and do do a bit more of that. Mm, but you strike me as someone who doesn't, considering you compete at the highest level in triathlon, you don't particularly obsessed or worry about your training you sort of just do what you what makes you happy and yeah you, you have an idea you, you've got a reasonable idea it's going to make you go faster but you don't you're not obsessed about training plans and you just kind of do what you want well I've got a weekly I've, I've got like a weekly schedule like when I'm training for a big race mm. uh, like obviously I've got I'm on Florida four weeks on Saturday now so I have recovered from Ironman Wales. That was two weeks ago. It's taken me two weeks to recover from that. Mm. So now I have got a structure in place that I do like when I'm training hard for a race. So I know exactly what I'm going to do every day now, um, till it like a weekly schedule. Mm. But then when it's like kind of off, se- well, well not off season, but when I'm in like a just a like a few months out, like if it's like today, it's an absolutely lovely day. Like I'll just go out and just go for a bike ride you know mm. for like four or five hours just because I like just like riding my bike mm. and you know I just like being we're fortunate here in York to live like with some beautiful countryside so I'll just go out maybe just if it was like January or February I'd probably if it was like today I'd just maybe ride to Scarborough and just have some chips or something on the on mm. the harbour and then just ride back and then go for a swim tonight or something yeah no but that sounds a lot more I'd say relaxed and you're probably doing maybe exactly the same as, as as someone who wasn't so relaxed about it, but you seem to take a very relaxed approach to training. Not don't you don't overthink it, and yeah. do you think that is something that has helped you be sustainable over you know you've had such a long career? Yeah, I think you see some of these people go into some of these training squads and they have like one two good years and then that's it and then they just disappear forever and you never see them again. Um, I think if you want to like do it for a very long period of time, then you have to have a bit of see it as a bit of fun, and sometimes do the stuff you want to do. Like like I always tell people, are like, oh, you'd be so much better if you were coached, if you had a coach and stuff like that. I was like, if if somebody just handed me like a piece of paper with all the sessions that I was to do for like the next month, that just wouldn't be motivating for me. It just wouldn't get me out of bed. Like somebody else just is essentially just like setting my life and I'd feel like I was just like being a bit of a slave. Robot. Yeah. Mm. And I was just like, basically I'm just an extension of somebody of somebody else, like a coach. And like if I was racing, then I just, I, I'm not really racing for me. Like when I was sort of on the start line, I think it should be like an exam. Like you go into it and it's like, this is all I've done to prepare um and yeah if you've had like in a way i guess that might well probably helps you get the most out of your training and also push yourself harder if you yeah well it's all all for me there's no one to blame you can't say oh coach well you didn't get me fit i wasn't going well yeah 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 i i i just get much more greater satisfaction as well like i always say i'd rather be second at world championships and it'd be all be me rather than win and just be coached by somebody and be told exactly what to do every single day of my life, I'd get a much more satisfaction 
coming second rather than winning. Mm. And is there anything else physically or mentally you've done that you felt like has made your career so sustainable and long? You know, you've been you've been going out for a long time at arguably the most demanding sport. Yeah, well, I've had I've had a, a massive down periods as well, um, like mentally and physically. Mm. I guess you've just got to make sure that you have goals that motivate you. I think that's the main thing. So, like the last few years, I've really, really struggled through winter, mm. and I've not really done a lot of training until like spring sort of kicked off. Like I've been absolutely rubbish at the start of the year, mm. really fat, overweight, just really slow. Um, but then I sort of, when Ironman Wales is coming up, like a few months before that, I sort of get get my arse in gear. Sorry, get my arse in gear. Mm. <coughs> um, so I think it's just having goals that motivate and excite you that will keep getting you through. Because again, like a lot of these people who maybe go into these training groups with like a specific goal and then they sort of go into training group do really well for a couple of years, achieve what they want, then mm. they don't really have anywhere else to go. Whereas if you just have something that motivates, make sure you have at least one thing that motivates, no matter how small it is for you, like it could be a tiny little thing like doing a fast time trial time or something like that. Mm. Or um, Yeah, so I've had Ironman Wales motivating me and then now I've got Ironman Florida and then a few races after that. I'm mm. going to race all winter this winter just to get me through because mm-hmm. I've been really struggling so I'll go, to, go abroad and spend some time training and racing. So. Mm. Um, would you say, you mentioned Ironman Wales, that's been your standout race really for the past For the past few years. few years, yeah. I mean, I've had three second places and then this year I went all out to try and win and destroyed myself and came ninth which mm. was obviously massively disappointing and I've had to pick myself back up from that. Um, but yeah, you just move on. There's nothing anyone can do about it. Mm. No. But would you say that's your? That's the race of late that's made you made you tick, and you've you've been. Yeah, it's, got, yeah, it's, it's your favourite race. Yeah, it's got it's got me round, and like it's a it's a, it's a race like no other mm. really. Um, and then just doing so that that's that be a nice long term goal, and then just doing the time trials gets you from week to week. Mhm. No, no, that's a. That sounds like you've got, you've kind of managed to work out what makes you tick, yeah. and that's probably quite important for yeah. any sports person. Yeah, and I did Ironman Lance Motley this year because I used to I go there quite a lot yeah. um, to help out on some training camps and stuff, and um, I just wanted to go, even though I was really unfit. I just wanted to go and just experience it. Um, and it's absolutely brilliant. Absolutely love it there. So now I've had that experience last year. So hopefully, I really want to race that next year. So that will give me motivation to get through this winter now. Mm-hmm. With that in May, because you can't if you if you race in that in May, there's no way you can slack off a winter. Yeah. So that's the next. I know I do Ironman Florida and a few seventy point threes and stuff, but I think that'll be the next big star on the horizon, really. Mhm. Um. Over your career, is there, are there any mistakes? What, 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 you must have made some mistakes. Oh, loads and loads and loads. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, again, it's just kind of not not looking after myself in winter, mm. really, and just letting things letting things go to pot, and not not really racing enough triathlon. 
Because, mm-hmm. um, like, at Ironman Wales this year, I was really fit, but I wasn't race fit, first triathlon. Um, so, again, it's just, if you are doing, like, triathlon or whatever, just make sure you race, like, a lot. Because a lot of the top guys now, they're doing 70.3 races, like, every other weekend. Because mm. there's so many of them, and they're just basically going from race to race. Get spending winter actually doing some training, and then, yeah, they're racing so much. And then when you come to a big race, there's no way you can race them if they've been done like eight, eight, eight half iron months yeah. and stuff in a year. It's just a different level. Um, so that's what, I, again, like I said, that's what I'm going to try and do. Mm. I'm going to do 70.3 bar in and then hopefully do bye and then that should see me through winter and then, yeah. But if you could go back to when you're 18, is there anything you'd change about how how you how you, your approach to to things or um, you think your the lessons you learned the hard way or the 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 journey you've had it's it's been you wouldn't do it any other way. There's a lot of there's a lot of things like I would I could have potentially changed and I'd probably be a different person than I was today. But you know I I, I was I've been in a very privileged position that. You know, I've, I've raced, I've had the opportunity to race all around the world, and if I hadn't have said yes to some of the things that ultimately had a negative impact on me, I wouldn't have been able to do all the things that I've been able mm. to do and stuff. Um, I guess a, a few things along the way, like I was really disappointed when I was training in Leeds that I got injured mm. just before the Rio Olympics. Um, I should have just like focused more on my own training rather than just trying to go with a group and do 35 hours a week and just be absolutely on my knees all the mm. time because I had a great opportunity there to qualify for the Olympics and I kind of stuffed that up for myself. Um, yeah, and probably commit a bit earlier to being a domestic before London because I could have, I reckon I could have made that as well. Um, yeah, apart from that. I, you can't really, you can't yeah. really live with regrets because if you do live with regrets, then you, I think, I'm a hist- I, I have a history, I have a history degree, obviously, so it's all very philosophical and all that. But if you do live with regrets, then it's hard to sort of shape your future and stuff like that. Mm. You just need to just accept what's got to move on, you move, move forward, on from yeah. it. And it's like, if if you are like sometimes I'll. Obviously, Ironman's a very up and down sport. Like one day you wake up and you feel all right, and the next day you wake up and you feel like absolute death. And if you need to have a day off, you need to have a day off. Um, so you've just got to look forward and think, I can't do anything. That's it. Whatever's in the past has just been. I can only focus on doing like my best in the future. Mm. Really. And if you were going to give any advice to a a young athlete or a novice just starting out in triathlon. What would you What would you say to them? What I'd I'd say make sure that you know what your goals are and why you're doing what you're doing because it's a very it's not an easy sport at all. So I'd say have some very clear cut goals, um, like small ones and big ones as well, uh, and that will keep you motivated. Um, and then, yeah, as a as a young athlete, I'd say, um, look to where you go to university, because uh, there's loads of like really good opportunities now for young athletes. Like obviously, if I was a 
athlete now, I'd probably just go to Leeds. I would say I went to Swansea, but I wanted. I felt like I felt like that was the best opportunity for me at the time. But obviously, in hindsight, if I'd have gone to Leeds, I'd have probably be a very different athlete to what I am now. Mm. Um. So yeah. So if you're if you're a young athlete, just look at all the opportunities you've got, and you know if there's one that stands out there, then just take it. Mm. And are, are there any common mistakes you you, you see? you know, young or new athletes make? Um, I'm, well, I've been doing Ironman for 10 years now, so I've, an Ironman is typically just older athletes, like 30 to 40, so I don't really have much to do with the kids anymore. Mm. Um, if I was a, a, as a younger athlete, I'd say just try and make sure that you get into the biggest races that you can for yourself. Um, because... I know, like, as as a young athlete, you watch TV and you look at all these people and, like, they're your heroes and stuff, but really they won't be that much better than what you are. Like, not that they won't be as much better as what you think they are yeah. than you. Yeah, everyone's human. Yeah, you'll be a lot close to them. Um, so I'd say, and so if you can get yourself in a race with them or something, then you'll be able to see and then it, it'll push you on. So it's just a almost like flicking a switch in your head you if you but if you are training and you 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 think you're you're motivated and you think you're good but you ultimately don't believe that you're anywhere near the the, the, the top of the sport yeah. then if you can put yourself in a race against the best guys yeah. race them and see yourself and the, see yeah. they're hurting when you're hurting and see they're yeah. human and you, you think you know what I I'm I can get there. I'm yeah. not a million miles away. Yeah. And you think that just that just sort of gives you when you can see the light at the end of the tunnel, you yeah. start speeding up. You sprint towards it because you're so. It's just you can see that it's there's only a few percent of the difference. Yeah, or sometimes you might even beat them if they're yeah. in an off day. Like I can probably like uh, at Ironman Wales, like the last three years when I've been second, I could probably list five, ten. Even just British guys who could have probably turned up at the start line and beaten me, mm. but they just they just somehow haven't put their name on the Ironman start line yet or something like that. Um, it's just having the you've just got to have the confidence and faith to chuck yourself in at the deep end and get on with it. Like when I was sixteen, I did a little race against Richard Stannard, who was like one of the main British triathletes at the time, mm. um, and it was like a non-drafting race, and I ended up beating him. Which was like absolutely crazy thing to think, um, at that time. But yeah, you just gotta chuck yourself in at the deep end. I know it's hard to get into races now, mm. um, but yeah, just chuck yourself, chuck yourself in, and just get on with it. Even if it's a cycling race, like obviously the cycling scene's gone to absolute shit now. <laughs> um, so yeah, so even next year I want to do some like even bigger big bike races if I can get in them or even nationals, you know, because yeah. like this you feel like you're a million miles away, but once you're in the peloton and stuff, like yeah, you, put, you, 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 you can be you, run, you put a lot of time in the bike. It's just yeah. riding the bike, yeah. yeah, you know. No, no, that's and I guess part of that as well. If you're racing, in a way, you're never going to be ready to do the like move up a level in racing like when you do when you do a big when you do what you consider a big race you're never going to be like you're always going to be nervous and you don't you never you never feel properly prepared for it so i guess the sooner you can put yourself in that 
the sooner you can experience that, the better. So if you do it, the younger you can say you want to win an Ironman one day, the younger you can do one, the better because it's only gonna you're never gonna be ready for the first one. Mm. You're never gonna you're be never gonna be ready for any race really because you're always gonna think oh, I just need one more week's training or mm. something like that. So yeah, you've just got to get on with it, chuck yourself into the deep end. And yeah, if you just manage to weather the storm a bit for like a year or two, um, then you know you'll 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 be the one that starts coming out on top. Okay, um, I think I might wrap this one up. Right. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been good. Thanks. Good. Is this this is the first one, isn't it? Mm, it's the third one. Third one. Oh, well, best one yet. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's you know. Third time lucky, hopefully this one will be the viral episode. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, cheers, uh, cheers Phil. Thanks, everybody.